Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, welcome to Dr. Homebrew. It's true, we're here. It's the month of May, and we have four homebrew beers to talk about today. Thank you very much. Keith just handed me a Kolsch, which uh, I'm a nut for. I'm just a nutty guy for Kolsch. And, uh, you know, no one needs IPAs when you have Kolsch. Right? Am I right, uh, Brian, or am I totally wrong? Tell me, honestly, really good Kolsch, the like, truth right yeah, now. If you live in Cologne, you don't need IPA. Right. But if you drink homebrewed Kolsch, you probably need some IPA. It's, it's good <laughs> to have everything. Is it, though? That's a good Kolsch. It tastes like green tea because I just drank a bunch of green tea. Let me taste that one. That's a good starter beer. Look at that. Let's fire it off here. Yeah. Look at the man pouring his beers. Thank you, sir. Next month is uh, NHC, boys. Yeah, Kolsch month. NHC. <laughs> It's National Kolsch Day, everybody. Um, Going to be doing a, a couple live shows from NHC. Do we have beers for that? Have we talked about that? We haven't talked we'll about that. just round up random people there, I think. I think that's kind of what we do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of NHC, of course, you can find our show sponsor there. Five Star Chemicals. They are always at uh, HomebrewCon. They're always at NHC. Well, I guess they're the same thing now, but different. Uh, anyway, go to the booth. Check them out. They're really, really nice people. They know a lot about cleaning and sanitizing, clearly, because they make the best products on the market for doing either of those two activities, which you need to do to be producing good beer. There's a lot of flaws sometimes that we find on these beers that are easily remedied by cleaning properly and sanitizing properly, and you can do the, both of those things with Five Star Chemicals. Uh, but if you are going to Homebrew Con, go to the uh, Five Star booth, talk to them, let them know that uh, you really appreciate them sponsoring this show, because without them, we honestly wouldn't be doing the show. Give them so a hug. Give them a hug, please. I mean, ask permission first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you mind if I hugged you with my arms currently? And then if they say yes, then, you know, do it. But don't extend it too long, maybe a couple seconds. Because, you know, nobody needs that. Uh, What do we have here today? We have a hoppy brown ale. Got a brown IPA. Uh, yeah, which I guess that's what that is, right? A brown IPA. Yeah, there's a funny be- little dude on the cap flipping flipping us off, too. What? There's a hop in one hand and a middle finger in the other. Wow. So real close. I think he's wearing some sort of medieval garb or some... I don't know what the... That, that's, there's like a, is that a dude? I don't, something arms up and then something cat? hanging down. Is that a cat or a woman? Or, I'm not sure. About <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of Egyptian sphinx-like. Yeah, it does look kind of Egyptian. Well, let's get Andy on the phone here, Andy right. Britton, and he can tell us all about that cap. Andy, are you there? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on, dude? I don't care about the beers. Tell us about the cap. Not a whole lot. Oh. We're fascinated that's about the, the cap, uh, dude. Why is he flipping everybody that's, that's the monk from, uh, from Munich, only it's my cat. <laughs> it is a cat. And it's a monk. Hey, monks could be cats. I'm sure that's fine, right? And cat, Egyptian monks could be uh, cats. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so we have your uh, brown IPA or hoppy brown. Is brown, brown IPA is not like a real style, is it? It is, is, yeah. It is. When yeah. did that happen? It's Especially the IPA for the 2000, what, 2015 yeah. they added it. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's, um, it's not it's, very... Not super common. Like, I don't see a ton of them in competitions. I yeah. think Brian tried to make one. It's under 21B. Yeah, I, I kind of tried to make one. I, actually, I tried to make an American brown, and then I tried to pass it off as a brown IPA because I couldn't decide. And I thought <laughs> it was too light for American brown color-wise. Yeah, I would think that's kind of the same thing. American brown ale and brown IPA. Because yeah. uh, yeah. style-wise, it can go a little lighter than the than an American brown it's got a little wider range. Oh. It's, got a, it's a 
hops aren't shouldn't be like a shouldn't be like a uh, hop showcase and make you just reach for Thank it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the big problem with a lot of the old American brown ales was that people would make like brown IPAs and enter them, and then everybody would be like, "This is not supposed to be like hop brown hop water. It's supposed to be a balanced sort of beer." and and that's kind of the differentiation. Differentiation. So it's kind of similar between like an American Pale Ale versus an IPA versus you know versus an American Brown versus a like a session IPA versus a Pale Ale. Uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> session Brown. And you can do that too because of the way the guidelines are set up now, you could actually make a session uh, Brown IPA if you wanted to, or a double Brown IPA, or I'm sure there's a lot a of hazy, crossover between hazy those brown styles. IPA, which sounds really disgusting. Like <laughs> at some point, there's just going to be no styles. It's going to yeah. be here's a beer that's capped anyway we're getting off so andy have you have you done something like this before or is this your first attempt at uh you know bastardization of the ipa category <laughs> no this is a, this is the first one uh i never never even really had what i thought would be considered a brown ipa so i wanted to try to brew it see what it tasted like what did you uh where did you how did you hear about it just going through the style guidelines Actually, uh, from uh, this is like Janet's Brown, only a little bit different. So it was kind of from uh, you know from Tasty and uh, Jamil's book. Uh, you know, it was in there, so uh, yeah. that's where I got it from. Okay, that's kind of everyone like always talks about it, IPA. so I wanted to see what it tasted like. Sure. Have you guys right. had any commercial ones before? I just wonder what what you all had that's commercial brown IPA. I know. I mean, I've had. Uh, I mean. I, See that's the that's the thing with this too is uh, and why I wanted to send it to you guys is that uh, you know the difference between an American Brown and a, a Brown IPA is kind of you know I'm not really sure where the the lines cross so I've had you know hoppy Browns but I don't know if they were Brown IPAs or not so <laughs> right. that's uh, my problem with like <laughs> with like having these weird. Uh, guidelines now it's like they're just it's too confusing you can go either way so then the judge has to pick but if the judge picks Mm -hmm. the wrong way of the fence then is that the brewer's fault is that the judge fault the guidelines fault maybe like the you know think of american brown ale as a toad and then there's like a wart growing on that toad and it kind of like bubbles up appetizing and then it like it kind of explodes off the toad and it becomes a whole other style unto its own is that how sex is is that what sex is another way to think about it too is you want to stay away from the fence think of the fence as an electrified fence so if you're not clearly making for competitions at least if you're drinking you do whatever you want but if you want something to be an american brown or you want it to be a brown ipa make sure you're staying away from the don't whiz on the electric fence yeah stay away from the fence portion either go way (laughs) on this yard or go way on that yard and then you don't run into that problem of your judge having a a certain mm. yeah, perception it should taste like this or it should taste like that. That's how judges sound, by the way. <laughs> I have a lot of responsibility. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, well, Andy, we're going to taste your beer right now. Um, why don't we let Keith go first because he seems like he's in a really good mood today. Uh, it's because I judged one of these beers but, and I drank a cup of coffee right before this, Ooh. so I'm, I need to slow down. Oh, great. <laughs> um, but I, didn't judge, I judged this beer two days ago. Uh, yeah, okay. they've, they've, they judge these beers in advance, so that's good news. Okay, so uh, I'm going to probably, like, say a couple things that I didn't say initially. I'm going to add some things to it. But uh, originally, a, a faint coffee, roast, spicy hop character, uh, low citrus, uh, malt sweetness is medium high. Uh, this is all aroma. Uh, hop aroma is moderate, moderate caramel, honey, and a little diacetyl-like uh, um, aromas with uh, low, very low esters. Uh, gave it 8 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance, medium brown, super clear, clear long-lasting, slightly off-white head. Um, it it held the head pretty well. I gave it a, a 2 out of 3. Uh, just the head fades a little bit. Um, flavor-wise, lots of malt, uh, big sweetness, strong caramel, low chocolate notes. Um, probably the sweetness is, is a little bit stronger than I'd expect in terms of balance. It still is probably a little bit leaning toward hops, but as an IPA, I would, the hops, I'd want the hops to jump out a little more in terms of bitterness. Uh, hop flavor is medium-high. I'd like to see a little more uh, hop flavor as well. thought the, the malt, yeah, the malt, once again, is sort of sticking out a little bit more than it needs to. Um, once again, the, the hops, I got more this time, I guess, citrusy, a little earthiness, um, some spiciness. Fermentation was generally clean. Um, as it warmed, I was picking up some diacetyl. Uh, mouthfeel, that was 11 out of 20. Mouthfeel, medium full body, medium carbonation, light astringency from hops, low alcohol warming. Uh, overall, it feels like a pretty pretty full beer in terms of mouthfeel. Uh, three out of five. Overall impression, uh, I thought it was a... Let me slow down here and sip it and think about it. I am really caffeinated right now. Take an actual drink of that beer, Keith. 
Thank you. Um, I, guess, I guess right now, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm one more thing. I'm getting a tiny bit of uh, oxidation too. Um, getting some some uh, cardboard, papery sort of notes. Maybe more like honey, I guess. And it kind of probably kind of blends a little bit with the malt. The ten, you know, is that the malt or is a little bit of the oxidation? But anyway, overall, that was pretty malt focused for this style. It felt me maybe to me a little bit closer to an American brown than a. Uh, American IPA. Uh, bitterness was somewhat subdued. Pretty sweet, I thought. And the, the big problem for me was the diacetyl. Um, as it warms and as it, you know, more and more I'm tasting it, the more I got the, the diacetyl. Um, so I'd, I'd watch I'd watch that, uh, you know, look at what you're doing in terms of fermentation, uh, oxygen. Um, when you're, if you're dry hopping, think about what you're doing with oxygen when you're dry hopping. Um, you know things like that. Make sure you get a full fermentation before you dry hop or crash or or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was talking about the fence, and this one kind of to me feels like it sits a little bit on that fence between an American Brown and an American IPA. Um, or a Brown IPA. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, American Brown and American <coughs> Brown IPA. Sorry. Yeah. All right, Brian. And if you look in the um, the, the BGCP guidelines app, it's, well, there's different ones, but on the, the iPhone one, it's they have it as uh, 21E. <laughs> they have it all broken down into different. There's, the specialties are all under 21B, but they went C, Belgian IPA, D, Black IPA, E, Brown IPA. So if you're in a competition, you might get some confusion, too, um, with the numbering. But I would just go by the what's in the BGCP guidelines, which is not... E, it's all under B, and you just have to declare the name. So you did that right. It said 21B on the label. Some people put an E on there and confuse people. I think as long as you put the name of it but in there. But if you put the name of it, the, the, they should the get it. The coordinator will get it and put it wherever yeah. they want it to be in that competition. It's a fine point, but I think it's something that they should straighten out. They should, and I think there's too many apps. There's like a lot of different apps. You said the iPhone yeah. app. I have at least three apps on my phone. That are di- I don't know why I have three different <laughs> guidelines on my yeah. phone. I'm not sure what I'm doing there. but And, and granted, the BGCP doesn't claim any of them, and you know that, that's their disclaimer. But um, you know, if there's people stuff out there being represented with their name on it, it, sh- it should be fixed. Oh. I think I forgot to give a final score, which is maybe kind of what? important. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I give it a thirty. All right, which falls into the uh, the the low the basement of very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> okay, Brian, uh, it's your hey. turn now. I noticed on the bottle I had a slightly low fill. It didn't seem to affect the uh, carbonation or anything. It had a nice nice hiss when you popped it. Uh, aroma had a moderately hoppy nose with some nice resiny and citrusy notes in there. Um, seemed fairly clean. No no DMS, no, no acid aldehyde. Uh, had a nice faint kind of brown, amber, and chocolatey kind of malt character. Um you know, basic ale, nice, you know, esters, not too high, kind of medium uh, below the hops there. It has kind of a low, dark, bready kind of note. Um, as it warmed, I got, I did get a little bit of a kind of butterscotchy character, a little toffee-like. Um, so I'm definitely picking up just a hint of diastol in there. And some people are sensitive to that, others aren't. But it wasn't it wasn't really heavy. It didn't wallop me upside the head. No, but not at all. I think it, it blends in with those uh, yeah. those roasted malts to to make a more toffee. Yeah. Sometimes thing. in a in a maltier beer, it can just express itself that way if yeah. it's really low. So it's you know in some English malty beers, it's not even a, a defect at really low levels. So, uh, but in IPAs, it would be considered a fault. Uh, Appearance-wise, it's nice and clear. Medium light brown color with coppery orange highlights. uh, Low light tan head and mostly very fine bubbles. Um, There was some lacing on the glass. Persisted very well. So the appearance was pretty nice. Um, um, Flavor-wise, I'm getting medium hop notes with citrus and pine. Um, They're getting dulled just a little bit by the surprisingly high multi flavors in there some chocolatey some dark caramel some toffee there's that toffee like again and probably a little bit from the diacetyl playing off the malts still it's pleasant and pretty you know pretty easy to drink um it's not an alcohol bomb hot, nice and hot balanced um but not insanely so you know the hops are kind of a little subdued um but they're pleasant and the bitterness isn't too high. It's just kind of, you know, uh, medium level. Um, and some, some of that malt remains in the aftertaste. Um, you know, again, a hint of diacetyl as it warms up, though. The uh, mouthfeel, medium, light body on the, it's on the, maybe on the big end of body for the style, I felt. It could be a little lighter and, and drier uh, to finish more crisp and clean and kind of let those hops pop a little more. 
But, uh, you know, I found a slight warmth in there, not heavy, just nice and smooth. Uh, no obvious astringency. It was, it was kind of creamy and smooth, I thought. Mouth filling. Um, and medium carbonation. Overall, I found it to be a pretty pleasantly uh, well-brewed dark hoppy ale. <laughs> I, uh, it expressed itself a bit more like a fairly hoppy American brown than a brown IPA. I, I kind of agree with Keith there. I would like even more fresh and bold late hop character here to pull it up into that uh, the other style. Um, yeah, don't straddle that fence. <laughs> more, uh, uh, more of that will help you. But again, uh, you know, and then fix the, the diacetyl. Do a diacetyl rest after your primary fermentation. Uh, don't pull it off the yeast too early and just let it sit for you know a couple of days after it's all done bubbling at, at 68 or 70, and that'll clean that right up. It's produced early in fermentation, and it seems like you had a healthy enough pitch going in. I don't know. We talk about uh, the process there, but. I said it's uh, still it's it's very tasty as it is. I put on the score sheet, <laughs> so it's like kind of a little reference to the uh, to Janice Brown. Uh, I get it now. Because the little the quote the air quotes work really well on, on yeah, radio but, too. By the way, <laughs> roasted. If you pause and say tasty, Got it. then that's air quotes in, in on the radio. No, it's the pause. I the dramatic Shander pause. Um, but yeah, it kind of reminded me of mine that I did that was kind of like Tasty's recipe twisted as well. Um, but I, I liked the beer. I thought it was very good as well. I ended up on a 32. I could have gone a little higher, and I actually wanted to go a little higher because I really liked it. But yeah. once that diastole started creeping in a little bit, I just kind of had to pull back. <laughs> so, it's all right. It uh, happens. Oh, it's a good attempt there for sure. It'll, more hops will help it too. More hops would cover up more of the diastole. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree with your comments about you know being too. I, mean, I kind of said that, but being kind of malty and and not really showcasing the hops enough. And, and I'm not sure we'll talk about age and everything there too. And that's obviously a big factor how how fresh this is in terms of hop presentation. That makes a big a big difference. So um, if JP's been sitting on this. Uh, I don't. I think it's about a month or so. Okay. I, I don't know, Andy. Let's let's ask Andy. Okay. Andy, how old is this beer? So uh, I bottled this in early January. So uh, I kind of figured, you know, uh, it'd be more of a, a critique of my bottling technique than uh, you know uh, <laughs> on the uh, the actual beer. And um, and then even when I when I first when I first brewed it, it was it was pretty hoppy, uh, but it, it faded pretty quick. So I had, a, I had a keg of it. I actually don't have any more left, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, as it aged, you know, it, I, I kind of saw it fall from like the bottom of the IPA maybe category down into the brown ale, and uh, so I kind of expected that too. And then um, I'm sure it's oxidized, you know, in the bottle for that long. So yeah. um, it, it held up it, well. It's though. funny I mean, too. Yeah, I, I've entered it in uh, you know several competitions as both this you know the same competition as a, a brown ale and. Uh, uh, specialty IPA and uh, the, the feedback has been uh, interesting and funny. <laughs> we like the cap, but yeah, cap brings it up by two points. I think you'd probably black out the cap. They have to black it out in a comp. Yeah, sorry, Brian. Oh yeah. So, yeah, what, so, what is, what is the, so has it been like on the fence, or what, what, have they liked it better as a brown ale, or is it just sort of all over the place as a brown ale versus an IPA, a brown IPA? Uh, it actually did better, you know, up front as a as a uh, brown IPA. But uh, there was, you know, like you know, you get three score sheets or whatever, and there's always one in the brown uh, the brown ale category that said, you know, it's uh, it's not hoppy enough for an American brown. And then, you know, in the same same competition in the the specialty IPA, you know, oh, it's not uh, it's uh, too hoppy. Or not not happy enough for you know especially you know it was just right. back and forth yeah. on both. Do you happy or but, brown? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. Personally, I think it was more of a, a brown, uh, you know, a, an American brown ale. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after you know, like maybe like six weeks, it was definitely American brown yeah. ale. I think would be better for judges that understand the breadth <laughs> of that that style. You know, the, yeah, for sure. And I, are you taking up the diacetyl? I really like the beer. Called out I the diacetyl. Fit necessarily perfectly into one of the styles. Yeah. Did you get any butter? Your butterscotch? Any uh, the I, I didn't out of the keg, but um, in several of the bottles, uh, you know, from some of the competition, there was 
um, a couple that picked up maybe a little bit, and I'm yeah. sure it's just gotten worse. Um, well, something that can be, but, uh, uh, it can creep up a little bit in the presence of oxygen with certain bacteria too. So, um, yeah, yeah. it could be something like that. I don't know if anyone started going sour or anything too, but uh, I forgot a little more acidic as it went, but. I think it's more of a but PDO thing. Yeah, uh, doesn't necessarily get sour. It can get sour, but yeah. Um, and this one, I, I swear, this one has a little more diacetyl than the one I tasted the other night. But I could just be a little bit. I feel the know. same way. This one is a little heavy on that. Hmm. Uh, well, Andy, uh, I'm not real sensitive to that, so uh, you know it could have had it, and I'm, I'm yeah. just you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're lucky. You're lucky. That's good. You're lucky. <laughs> you're learning. Yeah, uh, do you have the recipe handy? You might want to, if you want to throw it out to us, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a seven and a half gallon batch, and I uh, I used uh, 001 with a um, 2000 milliliter starter, and then it was 73 uh, percent uh, pale malt, nine percent crystal 40, uh, seven and a half uh, carapils, six. Um, percent uh, white wheat and then uh, a little over four percent uh, chocolate malt and then uh, I pretty much went straight off of Tasty's you know Janet's Brown for uh, most of the grain and then the, the hops as well except for the dry hops so it was a northern brewer uh, in the uh, the mash um, did an ounce in the mash and then uh, Northern Brewer and Warrior, because I ran out of Northern Brewer in the uh, for the uh, the bittering. At 60 minute, I did ounce and a half of Northern Brewer and quarter ounce of Warrior, and then I did a 15 minute of Northern Brewer, 1.5 ounces. 10 minute of Cascade, 1.5 ounces. Uh, Whirlpool Cascade, uh, two ounces, and then uh, for the dry hop, I did two and a half. Uh, ounce of centennial and one ounce of mosaic for about five days for the dry hop. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering when you were going to get uh, into those 68. IPA hops. <laughs> Sorry, what did you ferment at? I talked over you. I apologize. So I was, uh, 68 degrees, 60. and then I, I didn't do it. I didn't know I didn't raise it up or do a rest or anything. Uh, I just did 68 for the, the entire uh, fermentation. Should be fine if you didn't rush it off the yeast. Yeah. So yeah. It, it might have been fine in the keg, and and it just is creeping up in some of the bottles. I, I mean, I I do like the the ability to raise. You can raise the temperature and get it up to seventy once it's pretty much done fermenting, or at the very end, that's always good. But sixty eight is a pretty a pretty good temperature for 001. You could go just rock yeah. right at sixty eight, you'd be fine. But yeah, as Brian mentions, you you want to make sure that you let it finish up there. So dry hopping, did you? Was this in a carboy? You said seven and a half gallon batch. Was it in carboys, the conical, and then where was the yeast? And you know, how did you sort of deal with that? It was a it was in a conical, and uh, I I dry hopped after fermentation was complete. Uh, so I just dumped them in the top, you know, as pellets. Yep. Uh, dumped them in the top, closed it up, and uh, flushed it with CO two. So you know, could have got some oxygen in there with that. Uh, I dumped the yeast before I did that as well. I mean, it was completely done by that point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking probably it was fine at that point. I don't know. And it's yeah, been sitting in these bottles for a while. There is a little oxidation to it, and mm. it's it's definitely doing something and fading. <laughs> the hops are going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. But uh, yeah, I think it it held up reasonably well yeah. considering. So there you go, man. Uh, do you have any questions uh, for the guys before we let you go, Andy? No, I mean the big thing was trying to figure out uh, what what style that actually is and i think uh, i think i already knew the answer to that but it's good to get confirmation uh. <laughs> the one question i have in the malt bill and maybe this is a more of a tasty beer anyway but like why the carapils mm-hmm. and and this is maybe for brian as well why the carapils and wheat it, you know i mean one obviously is probably maybe more of a body i mean carapils is somewhat body but they both are kind of helping you form head retention and like in an ipa like you were mentioning brian you want it to be a little bit crisper and i think throwing in that carapils there is is sort of fighting against that a little bit and and 
And, and I don't know, it's just a general question overall I have about brown IPAs. Should it be u- really using chocolate malt or should it be using some, like, carafa or something like that? And how much does that character you want? I think you did a pretty good job. I like the, the roasted malt here. That you were It was somewhat, mm-hmm. you know, um, restrained, but it was still there. But I don't know, it's just a general question overall, like, why put both of those in there? And, and you know, and just try yeah. to keep it a little bit drier. If you're really going for an IPA, that's kind of the, the hallmark of the style now is dry, let the hops shine, but you want it to be a little bit different because it's a brown IPA, maybe the chocolate malt takes care of that. But, you know, the wheat and carapils to me seems a little overkill. Yeah, I can agree. The, the carapils probably isn't doing much for you here other than just increasing the body a little bit. And the, the wheat is going to help your head along with just all the hops that are in it. So, yeah. you know, the head's going to stand up fine. There was no problem with the head at all. So maybe replacing that carapils with some uh, just some corn sugar or something yeah, to b- dry it out a little yep. bit more instead. And mm. and and it won't be so malty. It'll still have a little complexity from the wheat and the chocolate and all the other stuff in there. But, um, yeah, try that. Yeah, Um I would definitely agree with that. Uh, I got to, so I don't remember, you know, 100%. I don't have the book sitting in front of you. I'm pretty sure I got the grain right from the recipe from Tasty. Yeah, so sounds, I'm going to have to blame good. him for that one. <laughs> no, his, his um, recipe is a good one. It's, and it's, <laughs> it makes a nice American brown <laughs> on the hoppy side. I always think his recipe, whatever, yeah, yeah. his homebrew <laughs> recipe is always too sweet. Every time he brings it in, which he doesn't homebrew anymore, so he doesn't bring anything in, but um, it's always too sweet. I mean, plenty of his IPAs that are nice and dry, though. Just the regular IPAs. Yeah, but like I'm talking this, about this recipe this specifically. It's too, for me, it's too sweet, and I've had yeah. kind of the, the Russian River version, and it's too it's too sweet. I think it's not dry enough. I don't really think it's an American brown ale. Yeah, I think because he, he it wants needs it to be dry. Way, so yeah, he wants it that way. For but I don't. Balance. But I think for for me, if I was going to recommend anybody to do anything, is to change that recipe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of what. I, that's where I was headed. Yeah, because well. it's just not. It's not what. It, maybe it used to be that way, but it's not anymore. It's just I don't know. It's it's too sweet. It needs to be a little bit drier, a little a little bit crisper. But mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, anyway, Andy. Yeah, if, I totally agree. Is is that it or or uh, you got anything yeah, else? Yeah, it's. Uh, no, I'm appreciative of the uh, the feedback. I, uh, cool. Yeah. I, uh, so I was on last month too, and uh, I rebrewed my uh, my Hellas uh, oh, a couple cool. weeks ago, and it's uh, sitting in the fermenter right now, uh, kind of hanging out of the yeast. It, uh, so it's uh, I think it's better. So I appreciate that feedback too. Very good. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Are you, uh, are you going to the conference uh, next month? Or are you? Uh... Uh, I don't think I'm going to make it out there, but uh, the beer will be there. So hopefully, uh, oh, will. You know, fingers crossed. Yeah. Which oh, fingers crossed it'll do well. Oh, in competition. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, man. We'll, we'll uh, for you. Yeah, yeah we'll be, uh, I'll have your name tattooed on my arm just to <laughs> remind myself. <laughs> nice. All right. Oh, Andy. Good luck, Andy. We'll talk to you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. We'll uh, see you. I do. Cheers. There. Uh, cool. Good beer. I liked it. It was fine. Even considering it was four months old. Yeah, yeah the, the flaw is really subtle. Everything else is yeah. pretty good. And just, you know, a couple little balance issues. Yeah. You know what else is pretty good? White Labs just released a mobile app. Whether you're a home brewer searching for your next strain or professional placing an order, White Labs' mobile app has something for everyone. Key features include an easy-to-navigate ordering system, custom culture calculator to determine appropriate pitch rates, home brew store locator, up-to-the-minute inventory availability, and more download the new white labs mobile app for iphone or android by searching white labs in the app store okay we're going to take a fast break here and then we're going to come back and talk to another homebrew rob with a weizen this is dr homebrew hang tight Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games.
the examination. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Assuming you're there, I don't know. Maybe you've left and I don't know it. I'll never know if you've left or not. But I hope you're here because it would make me feel good in my pants. Is there anybody in the chat room? Uh, it's hard to say, man, with the new chat room. Uh-huh. I have no idea. There's people logged in, but I don't know if they're listening or commenting or passed out be drunk from Monday right night. I have no idea. Um, but what I do know is that Great Fermentations has the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. They offer top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on many items. Check them out. They're at greatfermentations.com. They're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as gr 8 the number eight, not the word eight. That would be awkward if it was GR and then the word eight. But GR, number eight, fermentation, greatfermentations.com. Are they out of uh, Indiana? Uh, that's a good question. I think I, I bought think a whiskey are. barrel from them, a uh, 15-gallon whiskey barrel that I used to make uh, a bunch of, not a bunch, of award-winning imperial stouts. And now I have sours in them. So uh, Nice. <laughs> highly recommend. Yeah, 15 gallons are much better than the five-gallon ones. Uh, in general, but yeah, I, I, I and I appreciate. I, I remember ordering stuff from them in the past, and they've always been really great in terms good of support. responses and support. Yeah, good, yeah. good. That's great. Um, on the phone, we should have Rob. Are you here, Rob? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you doing, man? Doing well. How are y'all? Perfect. Very perfect. Good. Just uh, sipping on your Weizenbach. Awesome. Have you brewed this beer before? <laughs> no, actually, it was my first time. Nice. See, and I, I know. It, it, well, I don't. I don't know, but it, it, I think it could get a little old. Me going every time. Have you brewed this beer before? But I think it's really important a setup to know where yes. the home brewer is in relation to the the recipe or to brewing practice at all, or just Anna. Just why? Why would you brew a Weizenbach? I have no idea. Well, I wanted to know too because the cap said. W17, and I'm like, is this the guy that's been brewing his Weizenbach like 17 <laughs> different iterations of his recipe? And this is the, the final, like... For we- for think, 17 you know, weeks. He nailed it, and yeah. they're sending it in. <laughs> I don't know. That's not right, is it, Rob? You just put it on there. No, it's... Uh, I actually I brewed it last year. Uh, so oh, okay. uh, when oh, JP emailed me, uh, he, you know, he needed the beers pretty quick, so that's what I had on hand. So Clever. Uh, we'll, we'll see what you think of it. Yeah, after the yeah. year 2000, we stopped using just uh, <laughs> two-year date codes, so you should go with it. I'm kidding, but the 2017... <laughs> uh, Not I remember the, the COBOL issue of uh, 1999, <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start off on Rob's Weizenbach, please? Okay. I just like saying Weizenbach. If it was a bit low, also kind of a small bottle or an interesting shaped bottle with a really kind of sloped and and tall, skinny neck. Um, maybe it's a commercial beer of some it sort. It's like 11.7 ounces. It's like 11.2s. Yeah, 11.2, sorry, not 11.7. Yeah, like, like a, the 355, 350 milliliter, whatever it is. Yeah. I have no idea where it came from. Okay. It's Euro bottle. Euro bottle. Euro bottle. It's your Euro bottle. Um, aroma wise, it's richly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a richly malty beer. It has a pleasantly, some pleasantly bold kind of Maillard products in it. Uh, smooth. You know, pretty high alcohol presence, but it's 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 not not biting or harsh. Uh, very evident though. And I'm um, getting dark bread crusts and toasts along with this kind of sweetness. And I, I kind of it's like it's got dark fruit. And it's it's it, it's coming across like a, a bread pudding-like character in the nose, which I kind of enjoyed. Um, l- low floral hop, no no DMS or diacetyl, um, only low banana uh, and, and a little bit of clove. Uh, it's not really high on either of those. I think there's there's a bit of clove in there and just a faint hint of banana. Um, but yeah, it's a sweet and kind of dessert bread-like beer in the nose. Um, Appearance-wise, it's a deep, dark amber with a light copper color and uh, had a thick head of fine white bubbles. Uh, fairly clear, a little bit touch of haze, but not too bad. Um, mostly fine white bubbles. I already said that. Uh, the head retention is good for the strength. It does fade after some time, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it stood up for a while. Um, flavor-wise, multi-rich as expected, uh, with a, a medium dark bready flavors and some light toast, uh, low bitterness, no hop flavor, uh, dark fruit, plum and prune-like fla- uh, flavors in there. Again, a very low banana and and, and low clove. Um, seems cleanly fermented. I really thought it was a pretty clean beer. 
Um, definitely balanced to the malt. The finish is medium sweet, but not cloying at all. Uh, just a nice malty-rich aftertaste that uh, sticks around and uh, smooth and bold alcohol. Um, you know, it's not not hurting anyone, but it, if you drank six of them, you'd be hurting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can get to six. I can get to like uh, three and be passed out. Forget uh, how to count at that point. Like I'm on three again. Yeah, I made this beer. Don't you guys know? This is the beer that's going to make the next show even funner. <laughs> Mouthfeel-wise, it's a medium full body, moderate but smooth warming, uh, somewhat creamy smooth, a medium high carbonation. It had kind of a sharp, uh, crackly sound when it first opened. I poured it and it, like listening to the beer, it's like you know this like fading as and a little bit, but it's just kind of reforming itself too as you move it a little bit. So I'm back to the, doing his best the Michael Winslow but, impression. Yeah. Um <laughs> Didn't get any astringency in here. It's just it's smooth overall. I really like I like it. But yeah, the carbonation was definitely <laughs> pushing up some some interesting like it wasn't like soda pop bubbles. It was like and it wasn't like the typical kind of beer bubbles. It was just like this crackly sound. It was interesting. I don't know what causes that. All the wheat proteins kind of crackling against each other. I have no idea. Um, overall, it's a very pleasant drinking and well-brewed Weizenbach. Uh, almost all of the desired elements just could use a, a a bit, you know, more of that banana and clove. You don't want to go too, don't want to get it too heavy. Uh, there's ways you can play with that. We'll have to kind of talk about where you fermented it and all that, and and how, um, you know, what what you did with your yeast, and a lot of that will affect it. Um, so we use a, just a touch more fruitiness too, I think, and and the spiciness alongside the malt. So it's the fruitiness, the banana, and, and other other fruits. It's kind of low, you know, medium low esters aren't really poking out very much. So it's just you most, mostly get the malt and the smooth alcohol. And it's, it's smooth and enjoyable. But um, yeah, it seems uh, I would experiment with with uh, you know the way you ferment it. Maybe maybe even with some of the malts too. Something a little. Um, you know, with a more of a fruity edge in there, kind of, or some slight changes. Um, yeah, definitely you want to keep your yeast um, not stressed, but you don't want to make your yeast too fat and happy either. Um, so, you know, if you just over pitch it, it's just going to go nuts in there and just not not give you any any of what you're looking for. Um, and as you drive the, the fermentation temperature higher, a little bit higher, you get more of that banana. So kind of work to balance that maybe. Overall, I gave it a, a 35, and I thought it was a, um, a very good beer. So it's fun to drink, and I'm going to drink the rest of it. Keith? Excellent. Uh, okay. So bottle, same comments as Brian, except I found a, a little tiny piece of a little tiny. Uh, great, great wording there. Uh, a piece of maybe a Christmas tree or Christmas Christmas wreath on it. I'm not sure if that's from JP or if that's... Uh, um, I put it on the outside of the bottle earlier. From Rob here or not. Um, or maybe it was part of like a wreath at some point, and the bottles were all within a wreath. Um, I have this bottle in, in front of this camera again, which... <laughs> Rob's going to send us a picture of his Christmas tree with beer bottles hanging okay. all around in it. Okay, so uh, aroma-wise, sweet and malty. I get some light apple esters, bready, uh, very faint banana aroma, no phenol, no clove. Uh, as it warms, and some more dark fruit, a little bit of a little bit of plum, a little bit of maybe dark cherry. Um, no oxidation on the nose, no hops. Uh, a little slight metallic aroma, and a medium alcohol. Uh, Appearance-wise, medium dark copper with um, a big fluffy, just slightly off-white head. Um, the head settles, but there's still. Uh, there's still a little bit of uh, retention on my last glass. This one, for some reason, maybe there's something in this glass, but it looks pretty dead. Uh, yeah, the glasses are a little bit dirty here or something. Um, I think Bev got these, so yeah. she probably... No, I, I, I got them. them so oh. uh, Keith, mother... Yeah, so uh, the other one was virtually crystal clear. I'm not sure where this bottle came from, but I poured it the other day. It could have been the lighting in the room, but um, a little bit of haze on this one that I'm looking at tonight. Uh, Flavor-wise, semi-sweet, grainy, lots of maltiness. Uh, that the bready, rich, toasty, low dark fruit. Um, for me, overall, the fermentation is fairly neutral. I get more apple than I actually get banana. Um, really, not much in the way of clove. Uh, fairly dry finish with a very low bitterness, medium light alcohol, no hop flavor, faint oxidation, just some sherry notes, and I'm getting a sort of a grape. Uh, Wine, sort of like character as well. Medium body, medium high carbonation. 
it doesn't really feel fluffy or full to me. It, it, overall, I think it it feels a little a little thin. Um, just a, like a low warming from the alcohol. And overall impression, has a fairly clean Weizenbach, maybe a little too clean. Um, I think this is one of the tricks with Weizenbach. You want to have that, uh, you know, a, enough of a banana clove character, but it probably needs a little bit of time to age as well. So you need to really push that character initially uh, to really make it stand out because it's going to, you know, age a little bit, and, and that banana and clove is going to fade as well when you're when you're aging it. Um, so I really would look to up the banana clove vanilla. Maybe a little more sweetness or a little more malt complexity. Um, there's, like I said, there's some great toasty notes, but I'd like to see a little more, maybe even just a little more sweetness. I, I, that could just be my own personal taste in terms of Weizenbox, but thinking of things like Aventinas, it feels a little bit, they feel a little bit sweeter and fuller in body uh, mm. than, than this beer does. Um, so it seems a little smaller in terms of the finish, but it is kind of alcoholic, so it's kind of you know a balancing act there. Um, and maybe, and as Brian mentioned, maybe the yeast was a little too happy um, and, and fermented down a little too much, and you lost some of that that character that you would get. Uh, I know in the past making uh, like wheat beers, if you over pitch or um, even pitch kind of like the normal pitching rates, you tend to subdue the some of that that. Uh, banana and clove and then there's all kinds of conversations we could have as well about um, mashing profiles to bring out different flavors and even fermentation temperatures and and you know brian you said hey maybe raise it higher to to, to get the banana i find that you could actually get more ca- banana character if you start around 60 degrees and then raise up as you're as you're fermenting so you're actually uh forcing the yeast to you know you're stressing it a little bit you don't want to stress it really stress it but you want to you want to you know push it a little bit and not you know just have it be super fat and happy um so either i would you know add some different malt here or, or look at your um definitely look at your 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 fermentation and yeast strain and all that sort of stuff um so for me i, I want to see more of that that weizen character that white weizen yeast character uh so i gave it a 28 out of uh 50 okay all right we're a little um, apart on that one, but that's okay. Yeah, I think that, that might be a good point there, to, like starting lower to try to, um, to me, it, it, you know, at the lower it's going to, and the, and the more stressed is going to encourage kind of some, some of the spicy character. Uh, but always when you're fermenting a higher temperature, you know, and, and let it, you know, let it rise up, it's going to start pushing out more um, esters in general at that point. So I don't think at a low temperature is going to push out more banana, do you think? Uh, it, it actually does. I mean, I, with that I, yeast, I brewed, yeah, or, well, the yeast is a little bit of which, a weird, a weirdo. And some do sense, we know? But, yeah, we haven't talked about well, the yeast. I mean, yet, yeah, but, I'm using like 3068, which is yeah. my preferred yeast. I don't, I like that better than the White Lab version of it, which is what 300. Um, it just has it a better flavor for some reason. But um, and then yeah, just and there's a lot. There's there's lots to learn about these styles, and they're they're tricky, and and they age. They don't age that well, and 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 this one does, and that's why you kind of need to make sure you get enough of that character originally because it does it does sort of age gracefully yeah i've made more more weizens and dunkel weizens but i haven't made a lot of weizen box you know that it's yeah it's a, it's kind of probably a tough one to nail you have more more experience than i do in that one so i will defer to you on that yeast comment keith Sound a little sarcastic there when you said defer there was that air quotes <laughs> when you said defer I, I wasn't sure that was you didn't say no, i will <laughs> straight defer up to you i will straight up I'm defer uh, well, Rob, do you have any questions for the guys on their feedback? On their feedback? <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, I think the smoothness on the alcohol is probably because of the age. It's had time to kind of settle out and smooth out a yeah. bit. And I, I do think it had more banana uh, early on, and that's probably faded. That was going to be one of my questions, but uh, I think you all mentioned that, so that makes sense. Um I did use it, I did use the White Labs uh, just because that's what my homebrew shop carries primarily, uh, but it was the 300. Um, so th- that's interesting. I'll, I may try the other uh, next time. Uh, but I intentionally I usually do a starter, and I intentionally didn't mm-hmm. uh, to try to to uh, get more of that banana. I it was funny when I was researching it. It seemed like every other forum post that I read, one said, "Well, you got to go warmer to get more banana," and the <laughs> others, you know, you got to go colder to get banana. So it was really a toss up. So I just tried one, and uh, so I I, I found about uh, 68, I think. Uh, and then let it warm up from there, and so that that may have uh, been been too warm. Yeah, and where do you like to start yours, Keith? It is in the, around the sixty degree mark, and mm. and that was kind of from from professional brewers telling me that, and then also the dude who was on our show that one time, Nick Corona, who won uh, 
uh, best beer in, in for NHC. Like he won best of show. He was he was doing the same thing, starting around sixty yeah. degrees. And well, and, and he also just won the MCAB. Yep, by the same, way, same beer same, as well. Yeah, yeah. Same, not the same, same guy. Exact beer. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, same recipe. So maybe I, I listened to him when he's doing yeah, um, his Weizens and his his, his uh, fermentation profile. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you his number. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, other than that, I think it was a, a typical grist. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I don't remember where I got the recipe. Uh, it's probably a mix between books and um, uh, online posts, or whatever. But eight pounds of wheat, five pounds of pilsner, two pounds of chocolate wheat. Half a pound of caramel and special B and a quarter of chocolate malt. What about your um, uh, mashing, yeah, re- mashing regimen with that with that grain? What were you doing? I just did a straight up one fifty okay. single rest. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those styles. If you can do uh, ferulic rest and, and 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 do a little more complex, uh, uh, you know, mashing profile, there you're going to get a little more flavor. Uh, you know, I've heard that that really ups the 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 clove character. Uh, doing, oh, doing really? that, that rest. So, huh. what about a decoction? Yeah, decoction too. Yeah, yeah if you can do it, go I mean, for it. Maybe yeah. you can just get more malt richness out of that. Yeah. If you want to take all day to brew a beer, <laughs> and why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, uh, you mentioned too getting more fruitiness out of the the malts. What? How would you do that? I mean, it's just a matter of looking at what malts you have and soak them in apricot juice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I peach, would do. You know, get a peach schnapps and just pour it. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little dark Munich or yeah, Munich. dark Munich is a good, really good one. I a think more Munich, complexity there. Munich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for a beer like this, you can probably almost almost sub out a lot of any of the pilsner even. And I like what you were doing with the. Uh, um, some of the chocolate wheat, I, I, I think when I made a Weizenbach or Dunkelweizen, I would use uh, dark wheat almost exclusively and not use pale wheat at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's going to get a little darker, but that's okay. It can go yeah. fairly dark. Yeah, and you can modify yeah. the other dark malts in there to kind of compensate for that. So. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, my questions, uh, and I'm glad uh, this one was a little bit better than the last one. So uh, <laughs> you're going to have to drink another terrible beer. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I thought about it was that. pleasant. Uh, now, are you going to to NHC in Portland? I'm not. No, okay. over in uh, Alabama, it's quite the trip to make it, it all that way. Uh, you will need to have one on the on the East Coast. Uh, you guys need to can... put you need to put one together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard the rumor mill about next year. We'll see where it lands. Your club needs to put one together in 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 your town, your state. Yeah. Absolutely, that'd be great. I've never been to Alabama. I want to go. Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll send you the invite once I get it going. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rob. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, later. Thanks, Rob. Bye. All right. Yeah, we're going to take. Like I beat that one up a little bit. I mean, 28 yeah. may have been a little bit low. I did enjoy it. it oh, just... Now that he's not here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a smooth beer. <laughs> just you got yeah. you to you know, break people before you build them back That's up absolutely again. correct. That's why I'm so mean to Bev, or I was, and then now we're friends because she can deal with it. We I mean, didn't have any big flaws. It just, just those minor kind of balance issues and, and flavors that were kind of missing from the profile. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, man, if you don't know, you don't know. But did you know More Beer Pro offers bulk? Malt, hops, yeast, as well as pro fermenters and brights, along with 4,000 other products to breweries at wholesale pricing. If you have a brewery, set up an account and save cash with morebeerpro.com. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to give some stuff away, and then we're going to have another show. So it's Dr. Homebrew, and we'll be right back again. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star treatment today. 
Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. <clears throat> Before we get to our main event, the Grog Tag uh, giveaway, I do want to remind you guys about the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit, which incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and the only one on the market with its own app. You can use it in your home brewery or your commercial brewery. It's the only market, uh, only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part, and you can email the results to whoever you want, your brewing team, your Facebook page, your homebrew club, whatever you want. Uh, you can test for over 40 different uh, water quality tests. Four come preloaded and more are available. Test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more, with only four mils of water needed for each test. So go to visit Smart Brew Kit. Oh, excuse me. Go to smartbrewkit.com. And enter code TBN10 at checkout and save 10 bucks on either the standard or the advanced smart brew testing kit. And I do believe that these fine people will be at NHC as well. They're usually everywhere. So if you want to check this out, if you're unsure about the iDip, and which you know kind of makes you a walnut brain, but um, if you're unsure about it and want to try it out, I'm, pr- pr- I'm just going to say they're going to be there. And, and if they're not, then I'm going to feel real dumb. But uh, they're always everywhere. And George is standing out there doing tests and just wiggling the strip in the water, man. And it's it's really, really easy. It's it really easy me away. So, yeah. So uh, definitely hit them up as well. Get one for your club. Yeah. That's a great – it's a great deal for a club, man. Pass that thing around. Yeah. Um, okay, boys. We have something to give away, right? $40. To uh, grogtag.com. It's the $40 at least your beer will look good gift certificate. So Andy's beer is going to look good. Andy's beer is going to look good. Brown IPA. All right. It was very, very close. We had a virtual tie almost. It was like half a point apart. Yeah, I thought I thought it was. Um, both beers were, re- were very good. So, yeah. yeah. We're- Excellent. All right, Andy. Well, good job, dude. I think you won last month, too. <laughs> But then again, so did Rob. So okay, <laughs> yeah, just, oh yeah. Uh, sometimes people just say, "Oh, I'm sending an extra beer." Like, well, I gotta, I gotta do it now. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta. But anyway, so there you go. We split it around, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. So uh, thank you to Andy and Rob for sending in beers. Thank you, of course, to Grog Tag for sponsoring uh, that last segment, and thank you to Five Star for sponsoring the entire show, and thank you to all of our sponsors. I won't go through them all again because uh, I don't need to. You've already heard it. Yes. All right, everybody, hang tight. If you are listening live to you know to us, the one person listening live, <laughs> um, we're going to be back in about 15 minutes or so with another show. Uh, and then if you aren't listening live, just hit the next in the podcast and the you know, podcast app or whatever, and there you go. Bang. This has been Dr. Homebrew, and we'll catch you all later.